Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode six. Six of the Jock Talk podcast with uh, the. Wow. Oh my God. Just totally flubbed the intro. <laughs> you said. I did. Whip, 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 whip. Whip, whip, whip. <laughs> and I'm not re recording it and we're not editing it out. Nope. We're leaving it. This is 100% real over here. <laughs> no, uh. No. Oh God, we're dumb today. Yeah, what's wrong with you, man? No filters. <laughs> no filters, no double takes, no re- none of that shit. This is 100% Bruh. real. Okay? Episode six. Jog Talk Podcast with Ty and Cricket. That's me. Cricket, please give us our rundown. All right. On today's episode, you know we start with those current events. Ty, (laughs) you get to talk about drinking something that I miss drinking so much. (laughs) I miss it. I miss it so much, and I can never have it. You know, I haven't tried, but I also miss um, this powder formula of it. But anyways, we'll get into that. Okay, it's exciting. And then mine (laughs) is we get to talk about who's been voted the female athlete of the decade. The decade? The decade. The past decade. Um, She was voted. You can't guess. You don't want me to guess? I bet you're going to guess. Well, of course I'm going to guess because you told me earlier. It's no contest. Big dummy. I won't tell you if you're right or wrong. Go ahead, guess. Serena. I'm not telling you. And then today, we did our interview on our last episode, so you know we alternate today, is Q and A. We answered two questions. One from Dan Prevett. Cannot wait to ask you this question. And then our second one is from Jill. Great. Sounds good. All right. I'm uh, ready. Are you going first? You I want to go first this time. Yeah, you go first. All right. The female athlete voted... For the best female athlete <laughs> in the last 10 years. What an idiot. <laughs> so when I was first reading this, this is um, how far in behind the times I am. Uh-huh. Is I was like, oh, great. I'm going to read an article about Mia Hamm. Mia Hamm. You don't even know who she is. That name sounds familiar. Do you remember that soccer poster of that chick? Like, I, Actually, she wasn't the chick that was on the ground like doing this uh-huh. with her shirt off. She took her shirt off, but that was her teammate, and it was back in probably 2003, 2004. Oh, yeah. Mia I don't, Hamm, I don't remember soccer. anything from 2003. <sighs> You're correct. Serena Williams yeah. has been voted shout by the U.S. The, tennis Association the black woman. <laughs> as the female athlete. So I just wanted to know your opinion because I obviously will say absolutely, hands down, no contest unless I was trying to think of uh, some Olympians that have really knocked my socks off, like Simone and a lot yeah, of those gymnasts. Gabby Douglas. Yeah. Uh, they just haven't had the career or longevity. That's what I was going to say. Serena's been the tennis player for as long as I can remember. Amazing. Um, she's, an, didn't she, she, what was that story where she won? Uh, Everything. She won a tournament while pregnant or something like that. Something insane. Well, um, right after she gave birth was when she started coming back into it and is just doing phenomenal. Yeah. Serena's an, an exceptional uh, athlete and talent. And looking at her, you can see them fast twitch muscle fibers. She's jacked. She is. And it's gorgeous. And people are celebrating yeah, it. She She's is. making covers of magazines. Yeah, she is. Really? What? What? No, you're... you're um. Sexual undertones, <laughs> for lack of a better word, say that you find her body attractive. Extremely. I love that. Extremely. 
I'm I very, love that. I've been attracted to Serena, <laughs> to Serena Williams for as long as I can remember. Since an inappropriate age, probably. Yeah, certainly. Because 10 years ago, you were eight years old and she was, <laughs> bro, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not that young. Yeah. I was 17. But no, yeah, Serena, I've had a, I've always had a crush on Serena Williams. Man. I love it. We have no argument. I think we're just celebrating it together. Yeah, I think so. There's no arguments here. I agree. I can't. I'm sitting here trying to think of um, someone, a female athlete who you could maybe make an argument for that should be the athlete of the decade. And I can't think of one that I'd put over Serena. Mm. Um, I would go outside of tennis. Let's see. Any female athletes that I can be like. She's the shit. <laughs> I can't go to. I oh, absolutely! Like uh, any of uh, Camille LeBlanc, um, some of them CrossFit women, I could go into. Mm. And go, but they also have had shorter careers. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't argue for a CrossFit athlete. I mean, that's you know, that's not professional sports. Or like, uh, who's that? female race car driver i thought of her danica patrick yeah yeah but i don't know what she does for training for that if she's like just catching flies (laughs) for some reflexive work catching flies with chopsticks or something crazy and just driving so i don't know the training that goes in we're more uneducated i think about the other women in their athletic yeah we should have done some reading before we talked about this shit we sound i just wanted to celebrate her and agree yeah I do Serena. Oh, uh, what's her name? She's a fighter. Uh, come on. Not Ronda Rousey. I don't know. Better, I don't you right dare put no. Ronda Rousey in a class. With or uh, uh, Ali's daughter. What's her name? Layla Ali. Yeah. How do I know? Why, why, why don't you know any of these I people's I knew her names? last name. Uh, Layla Ali um, is also an exceptional athlete. Yeah. Yeah. But again, Serena has been at the top of her sport for... So much longer than all those other people that you can name. So, yeah, I think you got to go Serena. You just do, because a lot of female athletes aren't still competing at the top and being mothers. That's usually when a lot of female athletes retire. Yeah. She's like the Jordan of, yeah, she's the best. You can't compare because Jordan didn't grow a human being inside of him. Listen, let's not do this, okay? I love Michael Jordan. I love Serena. You can't, I don't want this would be this is where we should have gone yeah. with our conversation. <laughs> you can't compare. Michael Jordan. His deposit for growing his family and children was minuscule Listen, we're compared not, to hers. Why do we have to go this route with this discussion? There's we're talking no, about right, Jane. Right. Ta- okay, the dog. Yes. Chime in. The we're female not, dog. We're talking. <laughs> yes. yes, yes. <laughs> we're talking about athletic accomplishment. It is absolutely. Impressive. Part of her athletic accomplishment yeah, and it yeah, being impressive yeah, was that she was pregnant. And yeah, yeah, yes. Oh, you're just trying to end it. I'm just saying. Go you ahead. Know. Talk about your chocolate milk, you chocolate man. Wow. All right. I'm going to talk. Can I start calling you that? I mean, probably not. This is my <laughs> chocolate friend, Tyler. <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't care, but I don't think it would go over well in public. I love it. All right. So this is an article from CNET. I'm going to try to resist calling anyone involved stupid. Yes. What a great current event. Chocolate milk versus protein shake, which is better after a workout. (sighs) Any, any thoughts before I begin just based on that title? Okay. So here's my thought, my actual 
intuitive gut thought. And this is just based... Oh, this sucks, Cricket. My in, my first thought was, well, for me, neither one... I mean, I could drink either and they would have the same effect and results on how I look and how I feel and my performance. But that is just my personal experience. So go ahead, Tyler. Tell me what's up. Okay, so first in this article, they discuss, you know... Why is protein necessary? And they go into protein is great to eat after any type of workout because of the amino acids and all those kinds of things. All right, fine. Many researchers say that we consume twice as much protein as we really should. The average adult woman only needs about 55 grams per day. Um, And men need 65. I'm not trying to be average. (laughs) (laughs) Who gives a fuck about that average shit? I'm not trying to be average that's lowering the standards a lot given yes. data and statistics of the national um female and those are also those numbers are coming from not what is optimal for muscle growth thank you or health or yeah it's it's BMI. simply like you know the the sugar minimum that the F, fda or whoever the fuck gives to people which is you know yeah we're riled up yeah all right, so yeah, I'm trying to hang out with Serena and her friends. <laughs> I don't want 55 grams of protein. Exactly. I would love to know how much protein she has every day. I bet it's a fuck ton. <laughs> I bet it's a fuck ton. 325 she grams. She is jacked. She has a farm and a big old booty. Okay. What continue? Ooh, that booty. Okay. Stay focused. <laughs> what else should be in a post-workout drink? What's often overlooked in our post-workout recovery equation is carbohydrates. Mm. Working out depletes your body's glycogen, which is essentially stored energy. Eating carbs replenishes glycogen and can also help cell maintenance and repair. So, an optimal post-workout recovery drink would have a good mixture of both carbs and protein with some electrolytes thrown in. Can I just point out that your... <clears throat> scientific like we're made up of cells uh-huh. sounds the same as your depiction of a salesman those two words sound the same so when you said it replenishes our cells <laughs> i thought you were talking about their PL report first of all you know i'm sensitive about my accent i thought you were talking about their PLs. you know i'm sensitive about my okay, accent keep going. Like all right this. So carbs now the article then goes on to make the argument that chocolate milk is a great post-workout recovery drink because it has about nine grams of protein per serving, uh, I believe 14 grams of carbs, depending on the brand and how, and all that kind of stuff. Um, so here's my argument against this. Yeah. If you, if I hear you swallow one more time, I am going. If I hear you any sound, you try thing. to be LL Cool J on this wow. microphone. Wow. <laughs> I do my my. I have worked on my like lip licking technique. It's five now. It's oh God. Five. Why is that a thing? I talk you. That's girl not right a thing. Out of Ew. <laughs> Highly inappropriate. That's Don't talk what we to do me here. about. Jesus anymore. <laughs> I'm only joking. I'm saved, sanctified, so should... and filled with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> yes, you are. Okay. I'm only should... kidding. Are you saying that you and I are going to be dropping some chocolate milk post-workout Absolutely now? not. Oh. So, the glycogen argument. If you have uh, 
been an avid weightlifter for any amount of time, you may have seen a bodybuilding type guy or powerlifting type guy finish a workout and then immediately start eating Skittles, M&Ms, sugar, uh, anything with sugar because in their mind they need to replenish their glycogen. However, resistance training uh, doesn't deplete glycogen much. Nerd out, Ty. Very, very little uh, glycogen is depleted via resistance training. In fact, running depletes far more. Any type of intensive cardiovascular exercise will deplete your glycogen to a much greater degree. Our theme workouts, definitely. Yes. Right? That's why we all feel jittery and... um, Weak. Yeah, Like you can't move normally uh, afterwards, right? That's glycogen depletion. That doesn't happen with the standard, even if it's a very intense resistance training workout, that's not going to happen. Usually with cardiovascular exercise, that's where uh, glycogen depletion occurs. So for that reason, we can kind of throw this out of the window. Also, glycogen deplete, it, it replenishes itself just through the consumption of normal food over the course of 24 hours. Really? Not even 24 hours, maybe 6 to 12 or mm. so. Glycogen, if, if, if your glycogen was so easily depleted that you needed to start eating sugar five issue. minutes after you had a workout, then we probably wouldn't ex- exist as a species. Or a type 1. We'd be falling apart at the seams, right? Like, people, I don't think, give the human body enough credit for its resistance, for its durability, right? Like, I have to, I'm going to fall apart if I don't have the, you know, my <laughs> chocolate milk 35 seconds after my workout. No, it doesn't work like that. You don't need to down carbohydrates right after a workout. If you consume carbohydrates within a 24-hour period, your glycogen is going to be restored, and it probably didn't need to be restored in the first place. I love this. Go, Ty. All right. That's all I had to say on the topic. I love that. I think we did great. I feel high energy, actually. I I feel like I need a drink. We should have brought the drinks. We should have. Yeah, we got a little toasty on, uh, what was that, episode three? Love Two. Two? Loved it. Kept clinking the microphones. All right. You want your first question? I'll take it. Dan P. asks, how do you evolve from training like a beginner to training like a regular, a.k.a. making advances once your body adjusts to training regularly? I already Hmm. know what you're going to say. You do? What am I going to say? What do you think? This is what you're going to say. Tyler is going to say something like this. I'll put it in terms that I understand so that you guys don't fall asleep for the next wow. 10 seconds. Wow. First my <laughs> accent. Now now you call me a nerd to my face. Right. Okay. So what he's going to say is um, it can take you can do the same program daily and weekly and monthly. We don't know what that sound is. There was I a sound just now. <laughs> I know. I can't wait to hear from my husband what that is yeah. and playback, but hopefully you guys just enjoy it because it's kind of fun. <laughs> um, you could do the same program for weeks and months at a time and still reap the benefits of that program. Mm-hmm. Why? Because neuromuscular and nervous system adaptation mm-hmm. is highly beneficial. And then you could be writing down your weights, your progress, and still change up variabilities to keep that program working for you and getting you results. Oh my gosh, I'm so smart. I learned from you so much. 
Okay. Did you hear? Okay, so yes, that's a lot of what I was going to say. Can you read the question to me one more time, though? Yes, I want to get a good grasp on this. How do you evolve from training like a beginner to training like a regular, a.k.a. making it, oh, making advances once your body adjusts to training regularly? So I would say, uh, first, we got to talk about the definition of from beginner to regular. Mm-hmm. I often talk to the other trainers about uh, beginners versus intermediate versus advanced versus elite athletes. And that distinction is usually made based on two things. One, your potential, genetically speaking. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of factors. You can pretty much look at a person a lot of the time and tell if they are genetically predisposed toward being more muscular. I nailed it. That's first. Second, uh, you made me lose my point. Second. You made me lose my point. Genetics, then what? Genetic predisposition. Oh, and strength standards. So you can find strength standards just like on exrx.net. Uh, they have them all. So basically your body weight versus how much you can bench press. Your one rep max stuff. One rep maxes. Okay, you've taught yeah. me this, yes. Yeah. Uh, your body weight versus how much you can squat, deadlift, overhead press and, and this bench will press categorize you in untrained novice basically beginner to yes trained, like beginner to elite yeah okay. so those are the things that that dictate your beginner versus advanced status i love that there's categories the strength standards and also genetic predisposition now let's th- let me tell you when you first taught us this and you were putting, <laughs> when Tyler sent this Google Doc and shared it and I opened it up, I looked at the uh, categories and I was like, well, obviously elite, <laughs> obviously <laughs> cricket. I didn't read anything that needed to go up into it mm. or that put me in there. I was like, so what's to talk about the elite athletes doing with the chocolate milk and <laughs> other Pat- things? Patented cricket <clears throat> And then you did the formula. You told mm-hmm. us to do our one rep max and then there's some division or multiplication to find yeah. it. And I wasn't an elite. I wasn't even like in the category below it. I think I was at the lowest part of the category below. I was like middle class. <laughs> middle class I cricket. I went in bougie as hell. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God. And it made me highly motivated to improve some of my lifts for mm-hmm. my weight ratio. Yeah. Sorry, I jumped all over that one. But no, I that's fine. But I people to know, you, if you're a cricket and you're like, well, clearly I'm elite. Don't jump the gun. Yeah, slow down. I think I'm I'm between elite and advanced on all my movements. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, I just wanted you to know on all my strength, you know. Four I wasn't five, Kristen squat. advanced? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. Kristen was advanced. So, uh, for those of you listening, I did a discussion on this very topic, dictating whether somebody's beginner, intermediate, advanced, and I used, I basically made up a formula to tell if a person is beginner, intermediate, or advanced. I think a lot of people fall into the trap of thinking that once I become intermediate, then I need a different set of exercises at Mm -hmm. that point. Or I need a different anything, different anything, and you don't. Um, You can stick with the barbell back squat for the entirety of your weightlifting career pretty much. It's not really any need to change and continue to focus on adding more and more pounds on the bar over time. And that's how you move from beginner to intermediate, not necessarily going from, well, I did the back squat for two years. Now it's time for the Bulgarian split squat. 
or the the whatever it might be mm-hmm. front rack reverse lunge uh unnecessary mm-hmm. exercise variation can help but it's it's generally overrated you know a lot of um trainers and i think athletes make the mistake of thinking yeah but you're not talking about my stability what about this which mm-hmm. i do think i'm like <clears throat> my stability my explosive power also looks different than my strength power. Mm-hmm. Um, but the stronger that I myself have gotten on certain lifts over the years, and like I have an athlete, Brooke, the stronger her deadlifts have gotten, the stronger her ankles have gotten, her hips, her joints, mm-hmm. and those mechanisms as well. I would argue, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back around to this topic. I've been waiting to talk about this, but I would argue that so muscle growth and strength gain are they don't have a cause and effect relationship they have uh it's parallel a high correlation though usually when you get stronger you also will be putting on muscle use your strength as a test we just talked about this mm-hmm. as a test of way of knowing whether or not your programming food sleep all that stuff is effective if it is effective then those numbers will be going up mm-hmm. and if the numbers are going up then you're probably also building muscle and with the increased muscle comes improved jumping uh improved stability yeah improved balance uh muscle a lot of people muscle is criminally underrated and i talk about this all the time everybody oh he's too most dramatic adjective you've chosen criminally underrated it's a goddamn travesty how disrespected muscle is what do you say about my dancing like you use this perfect like it's exceptionally bad <laughs> that's what you just did for you, lifting do you like how i can totally nerd out with you on this topic it's though? it's nice look at us it's nice look you've, at me go you've come a long way second question when i met you yeah <laughs> jill asks how do you avoid sleep eating no really this is serious i believe her like i believe uh-huh. that this is an issue and i've actually known a couple of um oh it's not narcolepsy I don't know what you would call it but yeah sleep eating how do you avoid it so I know you and I have done no research I wrote this question down on purpose I was about to say to say if we had this is why I wanted to ask it if we had a client come in and sit with us and go we were like what are some of your goals and they're like I would like to lose this much I would like to be able to plank this long and then I'd like to not sleep eat anymore what would we say oh boy hmm are you serious? You don't know what you would say? I'd probably tell him to, you know, you want to know where my mind went first? I'll take it. Padlock your refrigerator. <gasps> you would tell him to lock it? <laughs> well, I mean, if you're asleep, you couldn't get into it. I don't think. Hold on. Jane wants to say something. Yeah. Good old Jane. Yeah. 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 She wants to say something. <laughs> you would tell him to padlock it. Eventually, I, I would think when people, have you ever slept walked or been around somebody who is? My brother would sleepwalk. Isn't it scary? Sometimes. It is. Because, uh, you know. Jazz used to do, Jazz used to do all the time. In most of our childhood, we shared rooms. And she would stand up, go to the wall, take a deep sigh, and put her hand against the wall, then shake her head like she's just been sadly disappointed on almost a nightly basis. And she would have nightly uh, yelling spurts 
where all of us, <laughs> she would shoot up like yeah. a, a zombie and she would start going, no, no, no. All right. Wouldn't that freak you out? <laughs> I'd have moved. Here's my answer for Jill. Okay. I like that you said padlock it. Padlock your refrigerator. I don't know what to say to that. That's a, that's a, that's a unique, uh, situation that I've, I haven't in my, I don't know. I'm probably north of a hundred clients over the course of, you know, my career. And I've never once been asked that question. So I'm not sure. Well, I think you and I, after some experience and having <laughs> people that were like, huh, this is clearly out of my scope of practice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I would say you need to find a doctor and I'm going to work with you to find who the professional is, probably a neurologist of some sort, mm-hmm. and you need to be involved in some sort of a sleep study because something is happening subconsciously out of your control and you need a doctor or a specialist in this realm. Let's research it together and make our goal to make that first appointment yeah. by the end of this month. So that you can find some long-term help and they know what's going on. Yeah, I think that's something that trainers need to get more comfortable with is saying, I don't know. Yeah, I, I know. wasn't comfortable. I still makes want to make so many mistakes. Um, so many mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> we but all do. I agreed. I'm like, it's it's hard to be in a position of leadership, authority, and then look at somebody and go, this is not, I yeah, don't know. I, I have no idea. So may I have you go above my head to a person with a medical doctorate. Yeah. So all the, I think we're, Jill, we're answering your question, but also talking to our colleagues across the globe and saying, it's okay to say, I don't know. And it's okay to be like, I want to work with you. Let's research and find yeah. what to do next and who to go to. Yeah. And you could also padlock the fridge. <laughs> Hunker down. It's an option. Hunker down. Or just like take, wouldn't it be funny if you woke up and saw your partner sitting on the kitchen floor eating just stalks of celery and like you planted uh, weird shit or bars of soap in the fridge? I think we'd, I think, you know, I think we'd break up. If you I'd had be a scared as a, you know, you know how, how I am about like demons and spirits and oh, shit. Yeah. I'd be like, this motherfucker's Tyler possessed. Tyler, the exorcist. You, you get me out of here. I'm moving. <laughs> I'm going back to Texas. We're going. All right. So myth busting. Today's myth. Tyler, I think you could talk about this myth for hours, if not days. I promise I won't. <sighs> you need to take a rest day. I kind of already talked about this. When? Well, when I said that uh, people severely underrate how durable the human body is. Oh, no. You said criminally. Oh, excuse me. No, no, no. I said that about something else. Oh. Please. Everything you say I got sounds, this. you know. Sounds all charming and whimsical. <laughs> huh? Whimsical. Whimsical. That's when you have a country accent and it's kind of soothing and, you know, I have in. never heard whimsical Matthew that, McConaughey. Ugh, Are you fucking for real? He is charming as a motherfucker. Everybody loves his voice. I don't want to listen to his voice. I love Matthew McConaughey. Now, Sam Elliott. I Who? listen to it. Sam Elliott. Who the f- Didn't you ever see Tombstone? Or- oh, oh, Tombstone is my shit. You love that movie? Johnny Rango. Johnny Rango? Yeah, you don't remember Rango? Who's Rango? I'm your huckleberry. 
Oh, yeah. Janet Rangel looks like somebody just walked right over your grave. Yes. I know my Val Kilmore, that's like his my favorite <laughs> role of his. Actually, that's how me and Cole, one of my best friends, that's how we became friends in the seventh grade. I was watching that. We both had seen Tombstone. And in the seventh grade, I used to tell people that my middle name was Rango with a W. That's not your middle name. It's not. But, and he caught the reference, and that's how we became homeboys. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. All, All right. right, what was we talking about? <laughs> I need, I need, um, I need a oh, rest day or two. I need mm. to take a rest day. You don't need a. How often do you work out, Cricket? I work out. I have 10 50 minute workouts a week. 10 50 minute workouts. That is a whopping 500 minutes Ooh. of working out a Thank week. Thank you, Ty. I work out anywhere between, usually like from 7 to 12 times a week. So I'll, I'll hit a two a day every maybe three or four days out of the week. I'll do mm-hmm. a two a day. But I work out every day without fail. I don't, uh, oh, well, I got the I got the workout of the month tomorrow, so I'm going to take this one off. You don't need to take it off. You're fine. You're going to be fine. <laughs> You're going to be fine. Yeah, I, gonna, I knew you were going to say. Oh my God. You will not fall apart. Your joints can handle it. Your muscles can certainly handle it. The problem mm. is your brain. Yeah. You think you can't handle it and therefore you cannot. So I was sitting here trying to find these studies and was unable to. I'll pull them eventually. But there's a lot of research showing how ineffective the human brain is at predicting how you will feel. Ooh. So oftentimes when you're at home, you don't feel like working out because, of course, you don't. That's normal. Working out's hard. You get all sweaty. You feel like ass for like I an hour. I'd I like it too. Love but, it. But we're talking to the average person. Most people don't just enjoy working out. It's hard. Your muscles are burning and hurting. Your joint, you feel in your joints. Uh, that injury from, you know, high school football flares up every so often. I get it. But. I promise if you just get yourself to the gym, you will feel better once you have gotten there. Mm. It's all mental. All that stuff's mental. You can work out every day. You can work out twice a day. Uh, I often will cite like the things that soldiers go through in like basic training, the Marine Corps and all these kinds of things, the intensity of the workouts they put those people through. Mm -hmm. And guess what? They're totally fine. Nobody nobody falls apart during these things. Well, some people might fall apart. But I would cry the whole time. What's the but why? Not because their body can't handle it. Because my drill sergeant is saying something about my it's mom. It's calling you a piece of shit and <laughs> yeah. your mama's a bitch and all this kind of stuff, That's right? Why I would cry. That's why you cry. But the workouts themselves, those those humans are also humans, just like you are. Their bodies can handle it, so can yours. You can work out every day. You don't need a rest day. You're fine. Okay. All the most fit people you can think of work out every day. Can you sustain that through age? Yes. Okay. That's all I wanted to do. You can adjust, of course. Like, working out doesn't necessarily mean you go balls to the wall every single exactly. time. It, you, it's not necessary to... Do a theme workout. To do a theme workout yeah. every single day. You don't. I don't. A lot of my workouts, I'm just focused on making consistent progression, trying to push myself to near failure. And sometimes 
I'll work out for 45 minutes and I'm like, you know what? Uh, fuck this. I'm ready to go. Yep. And I leave. Yep. But I will have done something that day. You can do something every day. I have probably the most variety in my workouts that I've ever had where my cardio, I'm like, step the next day, jump rope, handstand work, pistol squats, and Mm -hmm. some uphill walking on the treadmill. I hate being on a cardio machine, by the way. I won't do it. I can't stand that it's still something that people in my old sport do for hours and hours at a time. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's another that's another episode. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll maybe get into your history. Maybe that will be an interesting topic. Your bikini competitions. Yeah. Um. So. And how they damaged you. <laughs> <laughs> All of it is so versatile that I don't really have my flare-ups. By the way, I've had. I have on my thirty-five-year-old frame. I have <laughs> broken. <laughs> you mother! You piece of shit! I have broken uh, collarbone, rotator cuff injuries. I have stress fractures in my feet. I have plantar fasciitis chronic in both feet from working in salons and heels for years when I was younger. And none of that stuff bothers me if I keep versatile training, if mm-hmm. I focus on time under tension, if I'm hydrated. None of it bothers me. And when people get injured, I'm doing air quotes, or when people actually get real injuries, there is always something to do it's just a point in time for you to do other stuff and focus on other things everybody's seen those instagram videos of a guy like in a wheelchair doing chin-ups yes Uh, there's always something you can do there's always something no rest days yeah no rest days it's unnecessary i actually spoke to dan black one of my clients about this uh yesterday when he went you know i kind of have this thing in my neck and this thing in my lower back but I'm starting to think that I'm just going to have a thing in my neck and my lower back. Go, DB. And I was like, yeah, I have a thing in my side that I've been dealing with for like a year. Yep. And every once in a while I feel it. And then I just don't do the thing that made me feel it. I just do something else. But I still train all those muscles. So anyway, this, you don't we need to. We could go a whole episode. Yeah, we could go an on hour that. on this. You're fine. You're fine. You're okay. You're tough. There's also like incorporating yoga or active rest days like if you want to take the dogs on a long hike um there's lots of variety that you can do to where you're not doing a lot of repetitive motion on your joints and muscles that's unnecessary just so you know all right that's my dogs calling me yeah i was about to say jane is uh, scratching at the door i I gotta walk to take them on yeah i think that's i think that's it for this episode ladies and gents thank you as always for listening this is the jock talk podcast We're jocks at heart. Bench warmers in reality.